It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz, uh, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company between now and 1pm. Uh, this is what we call the call, uh, where we look at 10 stocks that you've suggested. We put it to two share market experts for their opinion. And also I come up with a stock of the day as well. And uh, um, well, around the office, they're called the dream team uh, in terms of the call, our two experts today. Uh, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you. Thanks, David. Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Dive Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. How's your weekend? It's been good. Nice weather. Good. Um, yeah, nice to get around a bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Analyzing all the, uh, uh, the post earnings sort of figures coming out? Not really. Right. <laughs> I, I, I took the weekend off. Uh, we went to the beach. But the job never stops. Um, I counted the number of small businesses using um, Tyro payments. Oh, yes. Um, and the in, in regional towns and beach towns, they're doing a nice little business over oh, there. Yeah, nice. lots of tourists over there, lots of transactions running through. So yeah, the job, the job never stops, David. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Work never stops. <laughs> uh, Nathan, you were telling us only a few weeks ago that mm. made, made us laugh. You did a similar thing oh, yeah. in supermarkets. Oh, you keep going and checking everything. Yeah, everywhere I go, I look at how many people are there, which category, what they're yeah. looking at. Um, you look at the cashiers, you look at the trends. I mean, you look at, if you go to supermarkets nowadays, most of the time, there is no one uh, doing checkout anymore. It's all, yeah. you know. So it, it, they're, they're improving their model. They're getting better at it. Even the emails I get from Woolies tells me that they know too much about me. Uh, <laughs> so it's, things are improving in the retail space. The good ones yep. are improving yep. and the bad ones are struggling, yeah. as it should be. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's kick off with the uh, stock of the day. I thought we'd take a look at Zero today, the, uh, the big small business um, accounting platform and, and basically financial management platform. As small businesses come back to life out of lockdown, there's growing evidence that revenue is trickling back into most of Australia's small business landscape. Evidence is showing that a returning customers is also showing a spike in rehiring as we all face this new normal together. We spoke here on Ausbiz to uh, Zero Chief Executive Trent Innes earlier and let's have a look at what he had to say. We're looking at over 300,000 small businesses when we actually look at this, these data points. So it is, it is quite large and, and, and the findings are quite stark. It's quite, um, quite clear to see that we are running quite different speeds across, across the various states and economies and, and, and very, very much across the industries as well. So first of all, I mean, I think one of the good positive things to see is we have actually rebounded quite strongly. So at the worst case back in April, uh, the small business economy we were showing was down about you know, minus 9.2% year over year and in the month of August it's actually jumped back up to 1.4% positive from a revenue perspective year over year. So we have actually seen some growth. Uh, unfortunately, um, as you mentioned, there's still obviously we're still in lockdown uh, in, in Victoria and Victoria is, uh, is showing a minus 3.8% growth. So quite a gap between them and the rest of Australia. But I suppose the positive thing is that 
you know, once the economy does open back up, we are actually seeing quite a big rebound in the, uh, in the small business sector. Minus there from uh, zero, of course, uh, zero has access to so the books of so, so many small businesses in Australia. It's almost as good as the tax officer's um, single-touch payroll, I reckon, in terms of getting data on the uh, the pulse of small business. And uh, Trent's saying he's starting to, to see a bit of a rebound in terms of revenues and also hiring, which is good news. Um, Mate, what do you think of zero in this market at the moment? Made a profit this year? Yeah, look, I dominating mean... Dominating the market? Oh, forget the profit. Uh, it's it's a great model. Uh, I have to say, I underestimate... you say forget the profit? Yeah, I know. No, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's... This is, this is not about profit right now. It's about... That could be the smartest thing he says all show. Uh, write it down. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it's a low benchmark. Uh, look, I, I think it's... I think we've spoken about this before. Yep. Um, in my old shop, uh, I remember mm. accountants were buying the stock mm. when it ran up to $50 in the original run and then it collapsed. But in the original run, the important thing the accountants were saying was, this is so good, they'll do well, I don't care what the price is. And that right. just told me how good the product is. Um, the, the whole growth story in the US, the dynamics of how they, they you acquire clients, unlike in Australia and New Zealand, it's different. You, ha- you have a very fragmented industry, so you have to kind of grab bit by bit. Yep. So I would have thought it would take longer. I was actually proven completely wrong. Uh, they've actually outperformed my expectations. Mind you, the market hasn't uh, missed it. Um, it's trading at Wahoo multiples. Yep. Yep. Um, it, is, it is probably the best performing growth stock in the last two, three years. Um, it's proven itself to be pandemic free almost, almost benefiting from it. Um, they are good at what they do and they've proven that they can do it in multiple regions. So there is no doubts for me that they're good. Um, again, profit, this is a yep. growth story, a very yep. early stage, profit's a side issue. Um, that's probably a problem, <laughs> might have to downgrade <laughs> at some point. Um, but uh, look, I think it's a great model. It is priced too well. I'd right. expect it's going to come off a bit um, and I would be a buyer there. Right. Uh, the big thing that you have to remember is this is probably one of the premium growth stocks. Growth stocks globally have outperformed value for about three, four years. It's a straight line. So a lot of people have benefited from uh, being in growth stocks for the wrong reason, uh, but they don't understand why. It's just a pure multiple expansion. It hasn't been anything to do with growth or earnings improvement. It's just been pure multiple expansion because they're so good. You know, as they said, the one-eyed man is king in the, in the land of the blind. Um, and growth stocks have done well. Now the trick is, what do you pay for it? I think right now, the, what the Fed said is important for stocks like this. The Fed said, we don't care if inflation goes up, we're not going to move up on rates. That doesn't matter. That's when Fed gets it wrong. Uh-huh. The market will move because there's a 10-year uh, yield outlook and a 10-year bond yield. So bond yields will start to rise as inflation improves. And inflation has been rising with falling US dollar. Yep. So as that plays out, most of these growth stocks will underperform. We are beginning to see that. So I think zero will come off. And when it does, I'd be a buyer here. I right. don't know what the low label is. My gut feel is, and I had a look at this before, if it gets somewhere between um, 70, 75, right. I start buying a bit right. at a time. Okay. Uh, that's how I would play. All right. Yeah, we, we've discussed this a lot over the years. And so I think this is a stock where our opinions largely converge. Um, I completely agree that, that sometimes the market just gets overly focused on profit. And I don't say that to be flippant. It's just that profit is a... Um, it's a discretionary item, right? It's an accounting anomaly and an accounting fiction. And there's a lot of discretion in what goes in and out of profit. 
And, and sometimes a company can choose to make a profit and it can choose not to. Yeah. And in Zero's case, um, the lack of profit, I would argue, is a discretionary decision. It's not an outcome of the business. Because they put it back into the business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's curious, right? If, if you're if you're BM, um, BMW, sorry, if you're, <laughs> you can see where my head's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're BHP and you build a new mine, yeah. um, you invest all this money up front and um, that the capital expenditure gets capitalized, it gets put on the balance sheet. But if you're a, um, a services business, or often a software business, and you spend a lot of money on growth, um, that money gets taken off the, the P&L, the, the income statement, and, yeah. and so it compresses your profit. So, you, you know, I just think sometimes we can be overly focused on the bottom line when the bottom line right. doesn't always matter. And also the important mm. thing, it's a New Zealand tech. Yes. <laughs> we did this exercise. If you had a portfolio of New Zealand, um, forget about tech, just New Zealand businesses listed on the ASX, you would smash the index and right? beat most fund managers in Australia. Wow. Yeah. And we don't like to praise New Zealanders. No. We, just, we just take we just You just claim yeah, as yeah, ours. Exactly yes. right. Should cut that part out, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They become Australasian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is the benchmark for Australian growth stocks, I, right. I think. Okay. I think it's extraordinary. Um, it's one of the few businesses that's managed to morph from a software to a platform. Yep. Originally, this was a, it was the original SaaS business. Um, this was the company that got us working on um, SaaS in the first place. It's now a platform business because right. lots of other businesses now connect into it and it is a portal for a wider range of services. Yep. That makes it incredibly sticky and it dramatically increases the profit mm. potential. So okay. this is a wonderful business. We do not own it. We have not put a buy on it. I'm, the, the price and the general enthusiasm in this area just frightens me off a little bit. Right. But I think that's... So um, great company, cautious. but if it pulls back... Yes, and I think Mason's 70, price range is probably about right for us right. as well. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's zero. Let's get into, uh, into the companies that you've suggested we take a look at. Bob wants a view, uh, Gaurav, on Smart Group, which is mm. a, a salary packaging, fleet management, sort of employee payments, uh, executive payments businesses, aren't Yeah, this is, um, it's a tricky one actually, because on the numbers, this looks very cheap. Um, I think it trades on, what, 15 times or something. The yield is about 7%. Right. Um, wonderful return on capital, uh, a terrific track record. Um, there's very little to dislike here, except that the share price is down a long way. Um, and yeah, I think that's still about half yeah. what it was at this time last year. Look, that's hard to explain, really. Um, I think this is an okay company. We don't. We owned it at one stage. We sold it at, at higher prices um, just to fund better opportunities. Yeah. And I think that's the key here. This this used to be a high growth business, and it and it generated a lot of growth from moving into new verticals and from taking over competitors. I think the opportunities for both those avenues have now narrowed. They won't be allowed to take over competitors anymore. There are, it, it's actually, consol the industry has consolidated a fair bit, yep. um, so it'd be difficult to take over competitors. And the range of verticals is, is rather full as well, so they're going to have to be quite innovative to grow. Yep. So that said, this is still a high quality business that generates lots of cash on an undemanding multiple, and it's well managed. Um, the long-serving CEO left recently, which is, you know, maybe plays into the narrative of the, the lower share price, but I still think this is okay. It's not one for me, I probably, right. there's better opportunities, okay. but yep. but um, I can I see no reason why uh, a conservative income focused investor wouldn't buy this, I think it's okay. fine, bye. I'm, I'm surprised, it's so bad. I thought I would have actually looked at it. <laughs> uh, everything in that sector, related stocks have struggled. Mm. Yep. Um, 
it's it's been one where I think the economic cycle is actually being fairly priced, but it's actually quite scary. The words you mentioned before is that it's 15 PE, it's cheap. <laughs> you know, that is scary. Think, think, yeah. think of the, the historical <laughs> dynamics, the long-term multiple, and this is where my sad background comes out, long-term PE for the market is 14.78. Yeah. So wow. this is over 20 years. So that's actually more than the long-term market, <laughs> but that's cheap mm-hmm. because yeah. the market's a bit airy-fairy. You know, I referred to Mike Tyson, the great philosopher. Everyone has a strategy till you get punched in the face. <laughs> and that's what happens in market cycles. And right. things look out of sync longer than what you would think it'll happen, but then it always corrects itself because yeah. you know everything has a norm. Um, I think Smart Group is a good business. Um, a lot of people loved it at the top and loved it all the way down. And so they're in a world of pain. Yeah. This is a stock that, Gaurav's right, the industry's already gone through the consolidation. It's too hard. There's probably one or two that blow up. I think it's a matter of time. And that will probably improve their um, outlook. Now, the big play here has got nothing to do with the stock. It's to do with the overall thematic. The one we were talking about, zero. Zero is the market darling. It's the yeah. best in the growth. These are the value stocks. Right. And they just keep getting better value every month. Now, at some point, this cycle will turn. People will go for the value stocks. And the big thematic there is, is the inflation going to recover? I think that's starting to play out. I think value stocks, look, you love this graph. <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> value stocks are starting to turn. Yeah. And that cycle is playing. And it'll be very hard. And you have to remember, we've had a 30, 80-year bond yield declining cycle. Yeah. Nobody's been in the other side of this cycle. Yeah. So value stocks usually have a year here or a year there. But we might be in a substantial value trade coming up. Now, these stocks will struggle. I, I'm not saying you go out and buy these stocks right now. I think that, you know, grabs right. There's no need to jump in right now. Yep. But there will be a time for this stock. It is one that you want to have on your shopping list. There are good enough management and the industry has gone through crap for long enough mm. that I think it's interesting. I think if the market has a pullback and there's a reset and we start to see inflation, then value stocks come into play. This will be one of those stocks that move a lot. Mm. Not okay. right now, but definitely have it on your okay. shopping list. We've All got right. a general rule um, in our team, and that's that um, an investment, you, we can't use an investment case that's solely determined by price. So yeah. if the only reason we're buying something is because, oh, the PE, because it looks cheap, yeah. we, that gets cut. That's not acceptable in, in our team. Um, and the reason for that is that we, there, this is a, a highly efficient market, uh, particularly in Australia. There are smart people um, looking, combing the market, there are algorithms and computers combing the market. And if you think you stumbled across a statistically cheap stock, I can tell you you have not. Something is wrong there. <laughs> so um, we need we need more than just a cheap price. So sure. something has something has to be. Uh, you have to pull it apart and find something deeper. And that's what uh, concerns me a little bit about this business is that it looks cheap, but um, we haven't really pulled it apart and found anything more interesting than that. Right. But this is this again. But if you're looking, if you're a long-term investor okay. and you're income-focused, uh, yep. it, I think it's still okay. All right. Um, <coughs> thank you, Bob, for that suggestion. Angus uh, Maitan wants a view on Redbubble, the global online marketplace. <laughs> for it's a it's sort of a version of Etsy. Yes. Is yes. Printed mm-hmm. on-demand products. Artists allow you to take their designs, and you can print everything from T-shirts to coffee mugs to wall hangings. The whole thing. Melbourne business founded in 2006, um, now overseas as well. Yeah, uh, look, I'll give credit to my IT, um, head of IT, 
Ben, uh, he picked this dog right. very early, at, at, right at the bottom. <laughs> and he said, Marty, should I look at this one? And I looked at it and said, hmm, retail, tough. Is this going to work? And, and it's, you know, you, the numbers don't quite match up. And then uh, it turned. And you just sit there and go, no, this thing is going. Yep. And it just went, went. I mean, this was 40 cents. Now yep. it's 440. Yep. Um, and it's, it's the classic example of the guys who were online were able to adapt into the pandemic mm -hmm. market, massive upside. And yep. they've done that. They've yep. executed perfectly. And Ben did pick this, uh, so I'll give yeah. him credit. Um, and he forced me to look at a few of these. Um, again, I've, I've always had a negative view on retail. Yeah. Uh, it's the macro side of things. But what has been proven through the pandemic and through multiple other cycles is that good guys still come out good yep. and the bad guys still come out bad. It doesn't matter what the cycle is. Now, yep. the important thing is you still want to swim with the waves. So at this point, would I be jumping into uh, a red bubble here? It's too expensive, growth right. stock, priced fair bit. Everyone knows now there's not really a surprise factor. So I'm not jumping into that. And again, the macros for me, you had all the free kicks. The biggest spending stimulus was not the government handout. Yeah. The biggest spending was the, <laughs> the super. super. Access the super. It's the exactly. biggest spend, biggest stimulus. Now that's done for another 12 months. Yeah. I mean, God forbid the mess that we're going to be looking forward to because all these people have taken so much money out of their super and when they yeah. retire, there'll be a massive haul. But in the short term, you're not going to get another boost like that. No. And the government is cutting their handout in the job seeker job. So you'd basically be saying sell Redbubble if you're oh, in it. Look, I would be taking profit. It's a growth right. stock. It's priced well. Macro is negative for retail. Look, you've done well. Okay. You're here to make money, not to be right. Yep. It's right. a really interesting business that um, yeah. surprised me when we took a, a deep look at it. We've had a look at this about a year ago. Yeah. And I think the model... Still run by the founder? Uh, he Sorry. left for a little while, then he's, he's, he's come back. Come back um, yeah. He's an impressive manager, yeah. I, I agree. Um, it's a really good idea as well. It allows artists who have a design to monetize their design um, yeah. without having to do any of the difficult work mm. that artists are notoriously bad at. Yep. So they don't have to do fulfillment or, or actually make t-shirts and mugs. Yep. Um, they don't have to do printing or payment collection or any of that. That's all handled by Redbubble. Yep. And all they do is submit designs and click on which um, product they would like to put their designs on. Um, and it's, it's starting to catch on here. I, I think there is... Um, I actually think they've done more than just jump on the back of the pandemic bandwagon. I think this is well, actually... They've been around for a while. They have. Yeah, um, yeah. And they've had varying degrees of success over yep. the years, but I think it's now starting to catch on. I have noticed, just anecdotally, more people I know are buying things off there. I saw Ricky Gervais um, tweet recently um, that, that he saw his... I think he tweeted a product off, off Redbubble. Right. And yeah. I think it's now starting to take off a little bit. Face masks have been a big help. Yep. I think in the US, these guys are selling face masks yes. as fast as they can Huge. make them. Yeah. Um, uh, Outselling t-shirts for the first time ever. Wow, is that right? Bubble. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I think there's probably a bit more to come here. Okay. For me, the difficulty is how much of that sales charge is permanent and how much is, mm. is just a, a fad or driven by face mask sales. Yeah. Um, I think that's where the debate lies. And I, because the prices move so much and there's still a few questions, I probably would just keep it as a hold for now. Okay. But it is definitely interesting mm. and I think All the right. next results are going to be very telling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Angus, thank you for that suggestion. Next one comes from uh, Samantha uh, Gorav, uh, Founders First, which has uh, just finished a rave. Well, I'd really never heard of it mm. until we interviewed the Chief Executive on Ausbiz during earnings season. Um, and it invests in... 
um, basically craft breweries who want to scale up and craft gin makers. Well, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty smart idea as well because yeah. uh, gin and, and um, beer Yep. I'd add vodka to that list. Right. They monetize really fast. Yep. There's yep. no. It's not like whiskey where you have to, you know, or wine where you have to store inventory in for, for decades potentially. Yep. You turn these things over really fast and your raw materials turn into cash really quick. Mm. So it, it shows you that there are some smarts behind this company. In fact, the management yep. is very good. They've assembled a good team of people. Yep. Um, so it's a really interesting idea. Illiquid, as you can see. Oh, geez, it looks like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Although it's around uh, 33, 34 cents. I don't know. No, it's, it's, no, no I think it's bounced back. Yeah. Um, so it got down to about 13 cents uh, yeah. around April, March, April, and it's now 30, ran up to 48, and it's yeah. come back to about 37. Yeah, um, and they've just finished. It's been suspended mm. for a week while they filled this raise apparently and just come back now. They remind me a little bit of Pinnacle. We own Pinnacle in our portfolio oh. and Pinnacle picks fund managers, mm. gives them distribution support, marketing support yes. and a little bit of funding support. Um, but then these are all their XCUB executives. Yes, that's right. right. So they know the industry yeah. really well yeah. and they go out and pick um, uh, interesting brewers and, and gin makers. Um, craft guys, yeah. um, small guys, and they help them get bigger, yeah. help them with distribution, help them with funding, um, and help them with marketing. I think the issue here is you're really relying on management skill to pick the right brewers, and yeah. you're relying on luck for the right brewers to turn into bigger brewers. Yeah. The number of, um, of craft businesses that end up surviving, let alone turning into larger companies, is really small. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the idea here, and I think it's an interesting little exposure. If you yeah. wanted to do that, this is a great vehicle to do it. It's well yeah. managed, well capitalized. Um, but for me, I, th I, th I think your odds of success are actually quite low. The better way to play that, the larger chunk of the value in that craft brewery chain comes from United Malt Group, which I think we'll right. talk about later. Talk today. About so I'll save yep. my rant on that one for later. Okay. <laughs> All right, Nathan, what do you think? Oh, uh, look, uh, it's. It, it is one that's quite interesting. Uh, we've actually looked at some of the alcohol-related stocks. I bet the you time. have. Yes. <laughs> uh, the fun part is a lot of fund managers like to have holdings in a lot of these stocks because yes. they get samples. Yes, that's right. so true. <laughs> and they, they love the to a bit yes, exactly, right. and they love to go on uh, site visits. Yes. Uh, they tend to be very uh, uh, happy times. Um, uh, look, Grab's uh, right. You got to. This is a. This is a punt. You're not putting a substantial part of your investment. Mm. Yeah. It's a punt. Uh, it's a good punt. Um, I think the management's good. You've got to back management. Yeah. But, you know, the, on the negative side, it's 40 million market cap. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. You know, as, a, as you know, everyone's uh, risk me measure. One of the obvious ones that everyone uses is liquidity. Yeah. Liquidity in these things can disappear like that. Yeah. In a bad market, so you've got to be there, going, okay, if it goes bad, you know, it could yeah. move hard on the yeah. downside. I'm willing to take that risk. If you're not, then don't yep. be in this stock. I think it's one of those ones where you put a small percentage and have a look. Uh, look, my view overall is I think the market's too toppy. It's going to come off. And when it comes off, these small micro caps tend to get hit more. Right. They're high beta play. Yep. That will give you a cheap way to get in. Um, and that's probably a time to put a bit of money in it if you're a fan of the sector and then ride it. But look, it'll be high risk. Right. But it's, it's definitely a sector that a lot of people look at. Um, and I think, you know, as Grab said, there hasn't been too many winners. Uh, it's been very choppy, so you've got to be able to ride yeah. that. They've got a lot of cash after this raise, mm. I suppose. It's a smart thing to do. If you're going to raise, 
if you haven't raised in the last month, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, um, Joseph uh, Maker wants a view on Shaver Shop, uh, which had a stellar result, didn't it? COVID, yes. despite everyone growing beards and not having haircuts, or well, well. Uh, doing it themselves, I suppose, <laughs> as a result. Yeah, this, this is one, um, I have to say, um, one of the guys, Sebastian at uh, at Blue Ocean, picked this quite early. Jeez, you, you staff are so, better stock pickers than you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know because I've, it's I've stock... learnt now where you get all That's your right. ideas, <laughs> and you go to are, and they all call you Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I'll give credit to where it's due. Uh, Seb picked this pretty early. He told me, I said, you can't be. I mean, this thing sells stuff that yeah. you can get at Kmart. You can get yeah. at whatever. This yeah. this can't be doing well, mm. and. No, they did. And it, it actually was doing, their, their online play mm. actually started before the mm. pandemic. Mm. Yeah. The pandemic just added to the performance. It was so, like a Sort of supercharged. Booster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I've got to give management credit. It looked like an industry that should be challenged, but they weren't. They've actually evolved quite well, quite quickly, and they filled into that gap. And when the pandemic hit, they just got boost out of it. I actually think they're okay. I, I think mm. they're one where most of us thought it wouldn't be much, but they've managed it really well. So I'll give credit to management. Um, and I think there is a, and it's also people have got used to that. Yep. It's funny what you can get used to. And, and I it's remember- educated us into exactly. buying online and whoever had used a QR code <laughs> before now. Yes. Now, now, now you're doing yeah. it at a restaurant exactly. to, to order your food now. And, and, and the thing is, it's, it's people that I didn't think would cook are cooking. People yeah. who I didn't think would do, so, you know, <laughs> cut their own hair are cutting their own hair. They, they're used to it. They like it. They actually enjoy doing that. People who yeah. hated working from home actually enjoy working from home. So there is a lot of things that I think are being forced upon. I think I was reading somewhere where five years of change has been forced within five months. Yeah. And we were way behind on a lot of these things compared to US and Europe. Yeah. And we've caught up quite quickly. So I think a lot of these trends will last. And yeah. I think this is one of those winners. Mm. I'm not chasing it here because I think overall retail has done right. well. And some of these guys who have done well have been priced for that. Um, I think there's a pullback here. I'd probably uh, wait for it to come back to somewhere probably around 60 cents. Um, right. That's where I would be looking at. Um, but look, I think this is a good business. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give credit. Uh, I was wrong um, originally, but they, their numbers started to turn um, probably mid uh, to early 19. So it was well ahead of the pandemic. They, yeah. they proved themselves before okay. that and it's picked up well. All right. Yeah, I don't know about you, David, but I've never had so many haircuts as when I started to lose my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that'd be the one benefit. Exactly. Okay, let's not have to get haircuts anymore, but no. No. You've got to keep it short. Yep, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, look, look, these guys, Nathan's right, these guys are, are very good retailers and they yeah. surprised us. We looked at this at when the business I appeared and I was quite stunned by the metrics. Um, and, I, and I originally initially thought they were massaged by PE and so we left it for a little while and in That's fact, the metrics true. have held up quite well. This, yeah. this generates the, the highest amount of revenue per square meter of any retailer in Australia. Wow. Um, even more I, than JB Hi-Fi. I believe wow. they're the numbers, yep. Even more than JB Hi-Fi, which I yes. was never have picked that, if you'd no. asked me blind. It's just a hole in the wall. Yeah, and that's the secret. And that's the secret. The the rental costs are tiny. There's mm. one person working there. Labor costs are tiny. Yeah. Turnover is really high. These are good ingredients of, of retailing, and yeah. they've mastered them pretty well. The store network, I think, uh, there won't be too many new stores, but the online business is actually quite impressive, and it's yeah. and it's growing nicely. Um, 
uh, the same question pops up as pops up with this one pops up with lots of other pandemic beneficiaries. How much of that increase in revenue is going to last? I mean, people yeah. who bought hair clippers and shavers yeah. are they going to come back? Um, I they think that's the question. Last a while, don't they? <laughs> they do. Uh, <laughs> so I would probably leave this as a hold. I think Nathan's price guide is is about right. I think that's an interesting place to buy around the sixty cent mark. But um, this is. Yeah, put it on your list as one of the good retailers. Okay. It belongs there. Yeah, that's they, good. They deserve it. it. Uh, but mm. you're right. The PE, I, I forgot to mention that the PE, it, putting it back on the market, always scares you. Yes. You always yeah. think, is this a big smack? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and we've been there. So, <laughs> so you kind of always worry. And private equity yeah. gives you, they don't give you freebies. Uh, yeah. So you always worry about that. But, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, this, how well they've This done. wasn't a private equity. No, they, they, had a, they had a... I think, a, a, I think there was a. I think there was a PE backer. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, that does scare you too. Yeah. 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 And they sold out, so they, yeah, they yeah. usually go. Mm. Yeah, it's like when all the private equity guys are now circling Maya again, and you go, <laughs> God, I remember the last time we all got conned, yeah. conned on that. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamie yeah. wants a view, um, Gaurav, on Vulcan Energy Resources, copper mm. and zinc exploration and um, mining business. Uh, most of the assets in Norway. Um, that may have been the case. I know this business mostly as a lithium business. Right, I, yeah, they may have yeah. other assets as well. I haven't yeah, looked yeah. at it closely, but um, the big chunk of the assets now sit in Germany where they control a large lithium resource. Right. And you might think, um, well, there's lots of lithium businesses all over the world. There's some very good ones in Australia. Why would you even look at this? Um, their point of differentiation is they're looking at producing lithium from with geothermal technology rather than traditional mining methods. Right. Um, and to me, this just reeks of a story stock. Um, and they've managed to combine lots of buzzwords and, and lots of stories and combine them into a very impressive narrative, I might, must say. Of all the mining stocks I've, I've looked at, this has um, a very well executed story. Right. And, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did pick up the hint on that. <laughs> it was as subtle as a brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fact that you're, I mean, they, they call the, the fact that they're mining by geothermal methods. For me, yeah. that is a huge risk and should be, um, you know, they should be caution all over that. It's not necessarily a red flag. It's just a huge risk. They've turned that huge risk into the into a huge headlines and they right. call it um, a zero carbon emission. Yeah, the story is working though, but I look yeah. at the share yeah. price. And that's, I'd get out of this if I was in it. And if you were in it, you should clop your, head, your hand around your, around your head for getting in the first place, for right. falling for a story. Right. The fact that up. you made money is not an excuse. I right. mean, <laughs> yeah. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> this is what's different about investing, right? That's in investing, you can be right and lose money and you can be wrong and make money, sure. yeah. um, but you're still right and wrong, right? right. Um, yeah. And I think the process is important. The, the uh, process you should you tell you this is not a business to buy. sustainable performance if you're doing that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you. So are you going to be as subtle as Gora? No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I was made aware of this and mm. I did have a look. Um, interesting how, so the, the, the whole concept is someone already digs it up, brings it out and throws it out. So what these guys are doing is, oh, someone else does the work for us and we'll just use that Right. and remove the lithium and put it back in. Now, the sidebar to this is, if you looked at lithium and uh, graphite stocks in the last six to 12 months, shot the lights out. Right. It's gone yep. boom, right? So it's basically the renewable energy car, yep. EV cars and so forth. Yeah, These yeah. things have gone bing. So everything has run. So you just get the bingo words. And you put the bingo words with low cost mining 
and uh, zero yeah, emissions. Zero, zero emissions. Yeah. It's just yeah. like bing, 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 yeah. and stocks will go pop. Right? The truth is that great mining projects don't need buzzwords. Yeah. Mm. Um, they, mm. you, you can spot them a mile away, yeah. and they don't need promotion, and they don't yeah. need advertisements. Okay. And this, is, this doesn't strike me as a great mining project. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's, most of them have had pretty big runs. So there's a lot of that that's already in the price. Now, the big risk for me on, on these ones when you have a story like this is Europe. You know how many times we've tried to pick a mining stock mm, in Europe? That's true. Yeah. You know how many of them work out? Very that's rare. Yeah. Very rare. So straight away, you know, my back pocket hits me. Yes, you've <laughs> lost money here. Don't do that again. So any mining project in Europe, beware. Right. Okay. Just, it's just high risk because there's always someone has an issue. Yeah. Um, Germany sounds good. Uh, but it's the same problem. I would not be, again, this is not rare. Lithium and graphite is not that rare. It's everywhere. It's yeah. just that you have to have the process, you've got to have the demand for it. And so I think it's not like it's a surprise factor. So right. you're coming late to the game. Okay. I would not be chasing All right, Jamie, that's pretty clear. Um, no, basically for Vulcan Energy. Uh, let's just recap on the first five stocks and our stock of the day. Uh, zero, well-run company, terrific, just too expensive at the moment if you can get it around that $70, $75 mark worthwhile. Smart Group, a note from Nathan, if you're a really conservative yield investor, maybe look at it um, according to, to Gaurav, but really not for him. Uh, Redbubble, a hold from Gaurav, a no from Nathan. Uh, Founders First, a note from uh, Gaurav. Um, what did Nathan... Maiden said, a point. good punt. <laughs> uh, got ca cash in the bank um, and an interesting business. Uh, Shaver Shop, really well run business. Um, if you can get it around that 60 cent mark, it's probably a good value according to Maiden, uh, a hold from Gorab. And uh, Vulcan Energy, uh, if you're in it in the first place, give yourself a good uppercut. Um, <laughs> after that, sell <laughs> and well take point. the profit. According to uh, according to Gorab, so not so subtle that last one. All right, here on the call we have our own portfolio. We've been mm. tracking since the first of July. Any stocks that get two thumbs up um, as a buy from both our exports uh, experts go into the portfolio. If it comes back again and the experts say no, it goes out. Now zero has been in the portfolio. It now goes out, and why? because um, the, the dynamics have changed, the price has gone up, and that's why we follow the call, because investing is always about keeping up to date with the stocks and uh, understanding where they are. Uh, let's check um, how the portfolio's been going. Uh, for the week, it's down half a percent. For the last month, it's up almost 3% since the 1st of July, up around 8.5%. Uh, companies that recently have been included by our panels, uh, Santos, uh, Goodman Group, Big uh, Big Ten Can was an interesting one mm. on Friday, Shopping Centres, Australasia Property Group, and Polynovo have been added. And uh, if you want to check all of the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and we'll check it each day. Now, coming up this afternoon on the Pulse, Mark Monford from Prosperity. He'll take us through the ETF movers and shakers from August when total funds under management uh, smashed through $70 billion in ETFs. 
uh, markets on at 1pm here on Osbiz. So big afternoon ahead. Uh, let's get into the uh, next five stocks. And uh, Nathan Henry wants a view on RPM Global, which is the uh, consulting training and software uh, business, uh, basically in that, that mining industry, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be painful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it is one where Gaurav absolutely bashed me about for years. Okay, look at this, look at this. I think it was, um, what, 30 cents, was it, Nathan? Uh, uh, yeah, somewhere, uh, not 30. Just but roughly. Yeah, oh, about 50, I think, 50. <laughs> um, 40, yeah. It was running between 40 and 50. Right. And, um, yes, and he was bang on. It was right. going from, you know, becoming a, a pseudo tech, and then they started to get to reoccurring revenues, and it's taken off ever since. I'm not going to say much about it, because I'll let Gaurav talk because he can explain it a hell of a lot better. But this has been one that's, he's been right, and it's been at the right place at the right time, and they've done what they said. And right. I think the execution is early in this stage. Okay. There you go. Yes, uh, you ate that humble pie really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but then you said he was right. I'm just making a time code. <laughs> yeah. Look at that, so we can yeah, keep um, replaying that every so often. Head to Rumble Redbubble, right. let's make a t-shirt out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he was right, T-shirt. I love it. Uh, what do you? It's over a buck now. Yeah, it's over a buck. Um, I still think that's fine. Um, our favourite kind of investments are ones that look awful when you spend five minutes on them, but look yeah. wonderful when you spend five hours on them. Right. Um, and and that's very much the case here. If all you did was take a cursory glance at this, if all you did was just invest by the numbers, you would you would close the book and and put it away. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of it is that so many people miss this. Um, RPM used to be a, a consultancy business, and it's probably better known as being a consultancy business, yeah. mostly to the coal sector, and it used to have a small software business. During the mining downturn a couple of years ago, they got a new chief executive, Richard Matthews, with some software experience, who's built a couple of software businesses in the past. He went on a buying spree and bought um, a whole bunch of software businesses at the trough of the cycle. And we oh. saw that and we thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, and he didn't just buy them and sort of bolt them on. Um, he actually, they're trying to build a integrated suite of software. Um, so every time the miner drills down, there's a sensor on the drilling equipment that sends information back to head office. Um, the, that information then gets put into the financial model. It helps pay, um, pay the accounts. Um, it, the software tells you where to drill, how much to drill. It models the scheduling. Um, tells you how fast to mm, run your, okay. your movers. I mean, every part of the mining operation can be covered now from RPM software. And they can- It's basically a SaaS business. It is absolutely miners. a SaaS business. Wow. And the client list is mm. impressive. So you look at the growth on this and you think, well, it's only growing at one or 2%. Um, why does it trade on such enormous multiples? And it's because they used to sell software um, upfront and collect upfront revenues yeah. in a license model and now they're um, collecting monthly revenues, which obviously yeah. makes it look slower. Um, that, that to me is just a, um, a numbers game. Um, yeah. You know, the long-term value that's being built here is substantial. They're increasing their subscription rates really quickly. Um, they're increasing their product range really fast. Most of the software has now been built out. They spent yeah. about $150 million building out their software suite. And I think you'll see now CapEx starting to fall dramatically. Um, and with the recurring revenue component growing so fast, you'll start seeing free cash flow okay. building up really quickly. I still think this is okay from here. 
Um, we, this is one of the largest positions um, we, we own in our funds, and right. I, I expect um, it's at worth probably around $2 a share at, at wow, least. Okay. Um, and I right. still think it's interesting at this price. So, are you following his advice? Yeah. If you do, it goes in the calls portfolio. It's all. Oh, look, oh. I, I'd, I'd <laughs> say it's, okay. it's all right. I would say it's all right, yes. You can only be you okay. know, pushing back for so long when yep. it's all right. <laughs> He's beating you down. All right. <laughs> Uh, speaking mm. of tech businesses, mm. um, Gaurav, do you have the same view on Bravura? Uh, Shanana uh, oh wants a view on that. Um, it's a, a management administration platform for funds management. Well, now it's my turn to eat the humble pie. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> having made a lot of money out of um, RPN, we lost a ton on um, on a competitor of Bravura called GBST. Right. Still, it's still. I think there's a plaque hanging somewhere in our office with a commemoration of that stock. It was a disaster. We got everything wrong about it. Um, and Bravura is a, com is a lookalike competitor. Com Bravura makes um, software for the wealth management and super industries. It's a really bespoke, complex piece of software um, that very large corporates need and they charge by the seat. And the way we got fooled the first time around, we saw lots of growth coming into GBST. Um, and we thought, look, this looks great. Um, we know enterprise software is really sticky. The margins yeah. get better as you grow. What was happening was that they had one major customer and that customer was adding seats uh, and ah. the business was investing nothing in their software. So right. it looked like there was a lot of growth, but in fact, when that customer stopped growing, so did all the growth right. and they had to catch up on all their CapEx. And, and that's one of the weaknesses of this model is that you don't really know um, what the expenditure side of the business looks like and it's very discretionary. Now, Bravura actually I think is quite well managed. I think it's a really interesting business um, the valuation <coughs> looks particularly appealing mm. um, and that has me scratching my head a little bit about why a decent quality software business looks so yeah. cheap. Yeah. I would put this down as one for more research. I think this is quite interesting. Okay. Um, but we've been burnt in this sector heavily and so we'd be very cautious about stepping back right. in again. But this is interesting. I'd, I'd take a look at, another look okay. at this. Yeah, I did warn him about GBS. Yes, you did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Are you warning him about reviewer though? Mm. Uh, look, I think it's different because uh, he was waiting for a turnaround in GBST. You know, in, in value turnarounds, mm. you can be waiting for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the sector, I had huge issues because it's a bit like, you know, you get this sector, everyone's hot on it, everyone's in it. Hub was the leader. Um, yeah. They are very good. I remember friends of mine who were working at GBST they were telling me Hub has a better model mm. and that's their preferred model. Right. And so I knew what the, how good they were. But even Hub had you know, peaked around 15, 16. It's had a good result, it's run. Um, so you can see the differentiation between the, the guys who are doing well and the, the others. So yep. Net Wealth and Hub have done well and the rest haven't. Right. Uh, Link, um, Bavura, um, you know, all of these guys have struggled. It's just a matter of you follow the numbers. The guys who are doing well, are, will continue to do well. The guys who are doing tough will continue to be struggling. Bavura's come back a long way. That's why, you know, when, especially in tech space, you never throw out anything that's been beaten up because they've spent a lot of money building mm. something. They've still yeah. got a lot of customers in there. If worse comes to worse, someone was willing to buy for the customer base, there is an advantage of consolidation in that space. Yeah. Um, so you never discount it. Look. I'm not excited on the numbers. If, on a pure quant perspective, I would sit there and go, God, this looks ugly. Yeah. Really? Uh, it's only 20 times or so. No, but you don't buy value when it's... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It just gets cheaper and cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I warned you about these <laughs> things. <laughs> we True. bash each other a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we gather. 
<laughs> Emotional problems. You, you, you mentioned Mike Tyson earlier <laughs> in the program. But he's a boxer. This is where we... we he's an ex-boxer, so he gets right, it. Okay. Um, uh, look, I, I think it's one where you are swimming against the tide a bit. Right. But if you're a long-term investor, um, I would be waiting. See, most of these things, um, I would wait for the first positive news mm. when the management gets things right and things start starting to show recovery. Even if it runs 10, 20%, it's a side issue. Yeah. Wait for the first bit of good news when turnaround is in place. Yeah. After that, go in and buy. Okay. Even if it's up 20, 30%, right. it doesn't matter. It's cheap. On a relative basis, it's cheap. Che but yeah, don't yeah. go in now because the management might have new issues. There might be more write-downs. Yeah. They might have to raise more money or something like that, and then you get pushed back even further. Okay. So it's always better to wait for the first set of good news. I know when you look at something that's cheap, you want to buy because you don't want to miss out on the first run, but don't. But the charters <laughs> would be saying if it breaks down below the previous low. Yeah, it could it go very long. long. That's yeah. why you wait don't for Don't get me started. Don't try to pick the bottom in, right. in a stock okay. that's falling. Wait for the turn. All right. Okay. Our next stop, uh, stock is, a, and we've got NetWorth coming up, which we're putting to the guys uh, very shortly. Jim wants a view on uh, Ingenia, is that ever, or Ingenia Communities Ingenia. Group, which is uh, all in retirement villages, over 55s, property complexes, aren't they? Yeah, it's, uh, look, these guys are pretty good uh, yeah. for the sector. Mm. It's a tough sector. Mm. It's not cheap. Um, it got a bit stupid early this year and got beaten up too hard and then it's bounced back. So what you're buying here is not cheap. Um, I don't think it's expensive either, but I think the sector has a lot of risk. There's a lot of uncertainty. The government continues to, in, you know, in aged care and, and related spaces, it's just throwing more money. They're not putting any regulatory framework yeah. that gives any kind of confidence <laughs> that you can sit there and go, this is what my model is going to be in the future. Yeah. So you're buying something that you cannot really value because you don't know where it's going to be. So I think that's the uncertainty for me. I'm staying out of it. It looks cheap. It's a sector. It's like tourism. Everyone knows this is the, a good sector to manage. Yeah. But it hasn't made money for people. And yeah. there is so much uncertainty. Aging population. Exactly. It must be good. Yeah. And it was for about three months and then it got smoked. Um, yeah. I would say just stay back, wait for some kind of clarity on the model. Once we know, you yeah. go in. This is not cheap. If I was going for cheap uh, play in that, SDR, um, I, you know, RGS uh, and uh, JHC, I know the codes. This is how sad my that is database sad. is. Um, I can run databases in my head. Um, I do. Uh, but the, you know, those are cheap. Right. There is a lot of uncertainty. That's telling you where it is. That right. is where your beta is going to be. When you have clarity in the sector, you just close your eyes and buy that because most of the mums and dad places, I would assume the costs are going to be higher in the future. Yeah. They'll fall over. These guys will be able to raise money and acquire them. There will be higher standards, but there will be a new model. I don't know what it is. Yeah. When that happens, that's the time to buy those three. Right. This one is too high. Yeah, Correct. beware of, of thematics. This is one yeah. of my pet peeves. Um, yeah. Themes are very easy to point out, but they only tell you about the demand. They tell you nothing about profit. And profit is not determined by the number of customers you have. It's determined by your competitors. Yeah. Your, your, your competitor will determine how much profit you can make. And that's why we always look for moats, because moats keep out competitors. Yeah. Um, and this is probably a, an example of a business or an industry um, with not huge moats. Um, you know, there's been a huge amount of supply. Very few people in the industry have made um, decent profit. These guys are actually pretty good operators. Right. Um, okay. They're close to the, to, to the best um, in the industry, but I have 
great fears about this industry post-COVID. Mm. I mean, there have been huge question marks raised. Yeah, the regulators are going to come in like a ton of bricks. I think they, they are. <laughs> and just think of it on a personal yeah. level. Would you put your parents yeah. into one of these centres now, knowing what we know? Mm. I think there could be serious demand problems as well. I, I would just stay clear for now of these. Okay. All right. Uh, Luke Gorab wants a view mm. on net wealth getting back into online platforms in the, the financial and superannuation market. Yeah. Nathan says one of the leaders. Yep. Uh, probably the leader. Yep. Um, and they've scaled beautifully. So these guys actually have a very good economic model. Um, they set up a, uh, a platform and as more money is attracted onto the platform, the economics of the business actually get better and better. Yep. And they seem to have something. Um, uh, it's very hard to pinpoint what advantage they have because there are lots of different platforms yeah. but um, for whatever reason this seems to be the one that a lot of um, funds prefer and I don't have an explanation for why that is taken off uh, yeah and it's taken off well the 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 numbers look really great actually um, I, if I had this I would actually hold on to this I think there is a, a rather large opportunity if they can continue to gather funds there's a lot of pressure on um, on your fees at the moment. I still yeah. think the industry fees are too high here, yeah. but that is largely offset by the, the scale available. So I, I think this is probably yeah. fine to hold um, at lower prices. Price? No, I wouldn't be adding right. at this price. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those ones where we've discussed this obviously with the um, Barura, but you have to remember that the, the one I always use as an example is Aristocrat versus Ainsworth. Yeah. Right? This is where you can get caught out. The guy who's doing well can be doing well for a very, very long time. And the guy doing badly can be doing badly for a very, very long time. So that's why you don't go into those things till you do a turnaround. Net wealth, uh, look, uh, it's hard to chase. The same would be, uh, be said for Hub. Yeah. But uh, I think they're both uh, the preferred ones at the moment. They've come up with good results. They've, they've gone up on the back of that. Um, it's hard to buy here, but if you're there, I wouldn't be selling right. because they're doing the right things. Yeah. That mean that they can keep doing well, potentially, till they get something wrong, you don't get yeah. out of those stocks. So. And, and good founding family, yeah. Melbourne establishment. My father used to work for the grandfather. Really? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a great trading business in, um, in Melbourne. Uh, grandfather came out and started a butcher shop in Melbourne and then turned into a trading company, big coal trading resources, the whole lot. Wow. Yeah, it's sort of the, um, uh, the genetics of that family is just huge. <laughs> Can we change our answers now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, our final one uh, from Nikita. Um, Nathan United Malt Group uh, spun out of Grain Corp, was it? And basically does exactly what the, the name implies. They provide malt to brewers and craft brewers around the world. Yeah, it's uh, boring as malt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I have to admit, Gaurav's been talking about it and... It's, it's one where it looks interesting around these levels. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say it's, you know, you're not, this is not a tech stock to fly, but no. it's not a growth stock. It's your defensive, good quality business with a good range of customers around the world in a different product line. So it's quite well diversified. You know, it's, it's one where you're diversifying your portfolio. Yeah. I think it's an interesting holding for that. Okay. Uh, and, you know, in a tough market where things are looking very um, dicey, I think this is a good exposure. But Look, I'll let Gaurav so talk It's a defensive stock. Exactly. Yep. And Gaurav can explain this. This is actually a very high quality business and it's com flying completely off the radar because yep. it's been recently spun off a really crappy business. Yep. Um, Grain Corp is an awful business yep. and uh, we've been watching UMG inside Grain Corp 
and hoping for a spin out. And now that it's happened, and the share price has come down a long way thanks to COVID, yeah. um, this is a great opportunity to buy a very high quality business at mm. a really attractive okay. price. Um, okay. What makes this attractive? Well, um, beer, uh, for beer makers, and particularly craft beer makers, malt is their source of differentiation. Mm. Malt accounts for 3% of the cost of beer, but is responsible for all the differentiation between your beers. Wow. Um, and so you, you, what you have here is, a, is the world's fourth largest supplier of this absolutely crucial ingredient, which right. is a afterthought for its, um, its customers. They don't yep. care how much more it costs. It's a yep. tiny part of, this, of their cost, yep. but they need it and they need high quality um, uh, uh, versions of it. And that's what UMG provides. Um, for the craft sector, so craft is, there, is one that is the fastest growing part of the beer yep. market, fastest growing segment for UMG. Um, they need, you can't just sort of hop, put a malt in a bag and, and ship it off. You have to actually build deep distribution networks to get um, reliable sources of, um, of malt to your um, craft customer. And once you've built that, it's almost like a railway line, you know, you've built this single source distribution and you've got a captive customer right there. Mm. Um, it's very hard okay. for competitors to come back and replace that distribution. And there's no real incentive. Think about it, if, you, if you're um, Four Seasons or you know, mm. a Fat Yak or someone, yeah, and, yeah. You're, and you've built a brand and a reputation for a specific kind of beer, mm. are you going to change your supplier who will change the com completely change your brand and your, and your and taste profile taste of it, yeah. for, three for something that costs 3% of your, of your yeah, cost? No. no, you're not. You've got, you got absolutely captive customers. Yeah. And um, the reason they're down, the only reason they're down is because um, on-premise beer sales have collapsed yeah. and a lot of craft breweries are really struggling. I would call that um, a short-term phenomenon, and I would expect in two years' time. Okay. This business is capable, in my view, of making $90 million to $100 million in free cash flow, so I, I think it's quite cheap. Wow. This is one of the best okay. big stocks you can buy. Well, can I jump in for a quick <coughs> one area that uh, Graham would love? <laughs> Value turnaround idea, mm -hmm. yeah. similar play into the agriculture space, new farm and instec pivot. Hmm. Have a look at the chemical sector. Has been unloved for a long period of time. Yeah. Brokers are turning positive. We've been on this for a couple of months. Mm. Um, New Farm has turned around and it's starting to move. And okay. I think uh, UBS upgraded to Instec Pivot today. Right. Uh, Terrible businesses turning around. though, Nathan, really. It is, but yeah. the agricultural sector has turned around mm. and right. that's driving fertilizer prices and that's improving. Mm. New okay. Farm's actually cleaned up. So if you're looking for value turnaround place, chemical sectors to look at. Okay, all right, worth a look. Let's uh, quickly recap uh, our final five uh, stocks. RPM Global, yes, from both um, Gaurav and, and Mathan. Uh, Bravura, uh, a watch from uh, Gaurav, mm. a no from Mathan. Uh, Ingenia, no. Uh, Netwealth, a hold. Uh, it's had a really good run up. Um, and United, Malt, um, a yes. Um, strong yes from, uh, from Gaurav and Nathan thinks he's right again. Gee, you've been very generous. He has, hasn't he? Yeah, let's yeah, have more next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all going to be flicked on. It is. Oh, when I, I got the it. list of stocks, I said, oh, this is going to be painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's going to be talking to us earlier next time for the mix. Nathan, uh, great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Gorav, always a pleasure as well. Thanks, Dave. Thank pleasure. Uh, that's mm. our show for today. If you've got any stocks you want us to take a look at, uh, email the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us at osbiztv. A reminder where to find all the stocks in the calls portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. 
Um, and don't forget, you can get the latest from our team straight into your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for COB, close of business, all the stuff that has happened during the day in business, finance and startup. Subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. It'll be in your inbox by 5.30 weekdays every afternoon from Scuddy and Nadine. Um, and also tune into the Startup Daily Show. Every day the team brings you the company seeking capital and all the latest in the startup sector. Yarn uh, Kapsulicki from Carbon Click, whose platform empowers businesses to tackle climate change by making carbon offsets simple. Uh, will be joining us to run through that platform and they're raising money at the moment. That's Startup Daily between 2 and 3 p.m. every afternoon. And on a quick programming note as well, Flight Centre and Hello World Travel are joining forces to apply pressure for border lockdowns to be eased. We'll get all the details when we speak to uh, Graham Turner uh, from Flight Centre and also Andrew Burns from Hello World on the Pulse. That's from 3pm this afternoon. Lot, as you can see, a lot more Ausbiz ahead of us. Stick around.